Good morning. Happy Monday. How's it going? Welcome to Project Freelance. I am your host, Kay Anagonio, and this is a podcast about freelancing. Every single week, I bring you a different guest from a different industry to share their story about how they got started as a freelancer, how they grew their business, and where they're at now. So this week on Project Freelance, I am joined by my friend, Grizzly Martin. He is a photographer. He also is a project manager for Foxtail Coffee in Florida, and I wanted to have him on the podcast to share his insights on photography, live music photography. He also shoots for magazines, so I wanted to know how he got involved with those so that you freelance photographers out there that want to start getting published can get some insight from this episode. So we're going to get into this episode of Project Freelance, but first, I have to let you know that I have a book out called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary, and it is about abandoned buildings that I have explored over the past few years. If you guys are looking for a great gift for somebody, or if you just like my photography and you want to see more of it and hold some of it in your hands, pick up a copy of No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. A link will be down in the description for you. Not only that, but there are also a bunch of links down in the description for things like camera gear, backpacks, um, solar chargers for your gear, all kinds of stuff down there. And there is also some stuff that will help you keep track of your expenses, get ready for tax season. Even though when you're listening to this, tax season will probably be over. So, You can download it now and be ready for next year when you have to pay your taxes next year. All right, let's jump into this episode with Grizzly Martin. Grizzly, please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, This is Grizzly Martin. I am a professional photographer. I've been shooting for like 10 years around, uh, almost 11 now. Uh, um, I've done a lot of different shoots for different magazines like Krang and AP, um, a lot of different bands and things like that. I lived in LA for a few years and got to kind of run the gamut of touring and do some cool stuff um and now on top of doing photography i'm also a project manager for a local coffee company here in orlando called foxtail coffee where i basically oversee you know all of the building of the new stores and maintenance of the stores that we currently have and all things coffee every day so it keeps me alive and awake and i'm loving it amazing okay so tell me a little bit about how you got into photography in the first place what was your start how did you get your start and what was your first camera you shot with that's this is awesome. Um, I actually just told this story, well, a little portion of the story. Um, basically, we had we do an event here in Orlando called Playlist Live, which is like a big YouTube convention kind of thing, content creators and all that. And um, some of the video team that was there actually like interviewed me about it. So I've got it fresh wow. in my head. So this is good to go. Um, basically, um, around 10, 11 years ago, I like I, my so a few of my friends were doing like Tumblr blogs and things like that, um, and just kind of like you know getting into the whole myspace internet it was like after myspace post that kind of social media was starting out a little bit um and i decided hey i'm gonna make a little tumblr blog and i figured you know what i'm gonna get a little point and shoot camera and just take photos of my friends locally and kind of when we're hanging out and just document the days and and whatever life you know kind of like vlogs but without video um so i started doing that and taking photos for friends here and there um I started getting hit up by some, a few people like, hey, like, you know, what, what do you do for photos? And I'm like, oh, this is just like a personal thing. I wasn't really like looking into it being anything at all. Um, and my buddy, Brian Miller, actually took me to a Billy Joel show one night, which is like one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, we went to town of Fort Lauderdale to the Hard Rock to see Billy Joel. I kind of snuck my point shoot camera into my jacket pocket. Um, and throughout the show, it's like, you know, snapping a few photos here and there. It had like a, 
I don't know, 10 times optical zoom or something stupid like that. So it was like, oh, I can be in my seat and kind of zoom in on Billy and get some cool photos. Um, and after I looked through those photos that night, I was like, holy crap, like, I want to learn how to actually take photos and, and be like, you know, do this for real. So I ended up selling my electric guitar rig, my amp, my guitar and all that that I had been touring on for a few years prior um, to get the money to then buy my first actual DSLR kit, which I, I decided at the beginning, I did some research and I was like, okay, I'm going to go with Nikon. I got a Nikon D40, got a few of the kit lenses and it kind of all just started moving from there. Um, some of the first things that I did was, was that one of the shoots I did was like a behind the scenes shoot for a Hey Monday video in West Palm beach, Florida. Uh, um, and then I started getting hitting up by bands that I had toured with previously saying like, Hey, do you want to do some photos for us here and there? Um, and then it kind of just blossomed. Um, the, it was like, I think it started in like April and by July people were asking me like, Hey, what do you charge for photos? And I'm like, charge what? Like <laughs> I, I can make money from this. Like what? Like I had no idea that it was even a possibility. And then after that, I kind of got the itch and the passion and just delved completely into it. So then it took me to now, <laughs> you know, sorry, yeah. I was going to say a long, a long and winding road. Can you talk a little bit about um, going from being in your seat to being behind a barricade to being, you know, in the photo pit uh, for the first time? I I would love to hear a little bit about your first experience and what that was like for you. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even remember what the first barricade was. I think it was most likely probably Warped Tour um, because a lot of a lot of photographers that are starting out that Warp Tour was always back in the day. They were always awesome with like letting people in to shoot for different, whether it was a smaller publication or a larger one. Um, I, I basically had seen and experienced that, you know, kids for that were shooting for local publications and things like that, or like even like a local website, um, were able to, you know, get a, a photo pass from uh, Warp Tour and be able to shoot the show. So I'm pretty sure that was one of my first experiences. And Warp Tour, it's like the days are long, it's a hot and sweaty day, and you're kind of just with everybody. Um, but it, it was definitely interesting that first moment when you like show your little credential and you're able to get into that barricaded area where it's not the whole crowd pushing up on you and you're trying to get a, a cool shot. It's like, you actually have a little bit of freedom and a little bit of movement. Um, and it was, it was weird. It was, it, for me, it was crazy. It was like, what, like, what is even going on? This is awesome. Um, but I, I think the, the coolest thing from from that like moving after that was when bands started actually contacting me and saying hey like we want you to either go on tour with us or you know shoot this one-off show that we have in our area um and the first time that you know one of that one of those things happened it was like then the band's like oh well you have like all access so you can go on the stage and shoot from the stage and just being able to see the different angles and the different kind of images you can capture and get from those those different moments that most people are not allowed to have it's like it's a crazy experience it's awesome you definitely like see things differently um you have a lot more things that you could do creativity like cre creatively um and it's it's really cool so how did you find your value and your worth uh when it came to you know charging people for your for your photography work yeah guessing game <laughs> <laughs> it was all legitimately a guessing game at the beginning um it's really, it, it, when it, I, th I feel like everyone has this problem when they're starting out. Uh, and it's not more of a problem, more just like of a, of a hurdle that they have to overcome. Um, and it's it's that thing where it's like, you know, there's so many different things that are undervalued 
valued in, in different businesses in general. Um, I feel like photography at some points in the lower tier spectrums of music is definitely an undervalued uh, art because there's so many photographers, uh, there's so many people that are willing to create content, and then there's so many you know, different firms, management firms and, and companies and bands that are saying, hey, like if we can get this person to shoot for free, let's do it. Um, so, you know, at, at the beginning, I, I, you know, at the beginning I was shooting for friends and shooting for free. Then when people were asking what I charged, I would just come up, up with a number and be like, hey, do I, what do I want to get paid for this? Do I, I'm going to spend an hour? Do I want to get 50 bucks? And then it would grow from there. Um, I then between, you know, between starting photography and actually like becoming completely proficient at it, um, I started doing weddings and that was what really like what I really cut my teeth in because it was like weddings you you can't like you can't turn around and shoot something that you just shot and hope that you get that shot if you mess up you know it's like you only have the one moment the one time um, and it's something that you really need to to be focused in on and make sure that everything that you're doing is correct um, and because of that you know you're able to charge a bit more as you get more proficient in shooting weddings and, and doing things like that so I think that the buildup of of going from shooting my first wedding for like 250 bucks to my next one for 500 and my next one for a thousand and then going on and on from there kind of realized or made me realize you know what my value and what my worth was for the imagery i was creating um and it and then it was it was really hard to transfer that into the music world because obviously you know a couple shooting a wedding or, or having their wedding photograph for them sometimes that's much more of a value to that couple than a band with like a live shot you know mm -hmm. if it's like a if it's you know promotional photos or something for an album that might be different but it's it's it was always a harder sell when it was like how do i take these live pictures and then sell them to the band and then that's when you know magazines and different uh, publications come into play because then and they're willing to kind of throw you some bones for for the work that you're doing you know and how did you get in touch with these magazines or how did they find you um i love hearing about people that get to be in publications because it's such a it's such a unique and beautiful thing to see your art printed like that so tell me a little bit about uh getting getting to work with these magazines at the beginning of me doing photos every time i would take a new photo of some band and um i ended up going i just went online and like found out who the publisher for alternative press was and it was this guy at the time named norman wonderly um and i was like okay i'm just just gonna bug the crap out of this guy until he either responds and tells me that I'm crap, or like responds and says, "Hey, like let's do something," or or just blocks my email. I didn't even know what was gonna happen. I was like, "I'm just gonna keep emailing him every time that I shoot something new, give him three new photos, and just you know, like once once or twice a month, I would send him an email." And at one point, I get an email back like, "Hey, Chris, these are these are pretty good photos. Uh, we've got a shoot that's happening that." A photographer kind of bailed on and we need somebody in the Orlando area. Uh, are you willing to do it? And I'm like, I, my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. It was actually, it was the first photo I ever shot for AP and it was of uh, Germany from a day to remember up in Ocala. Um, and I think one of the shots was like a, a ridiculous shot of like him with one of his favorite pizzas in his lap. And he kind of had like a microphone sticking out of the middle of the pizza, which uh, it was a little, a little racy at, at the time. But, um, there was another one that, that was like taken, you know, uh, in one of the, like, I don't know if it's a cavern or a sinkhole or it was a sinkhole. Yeah. Uh, in Ocala and that both of those ended up getting published at, at different times, but it was, that was like the craziest thing. The fact that the persistence that I had with hitting this guy up that he was definitely 
like annoyed by me, but he took the time to look at the emails, I guess, and it worked out. So after that, um, I then basically started forming a relationship with other people at AP. Um, and Christopher Benton was one of the main guys that I worked with through the years that kind of like brought me from doing articles here and there, uh, know your life or like articles, different things like that. And then bring it up to ask me to do covers. And the day that he asked me to do a cover was just like the craziest day of my life. Cause I was like, Holy crap, I'm getting the cover of AP. This doesn't make any sense. This is awesome. And it, it was great. And what was that shoot? What was that cover shoot? That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to think of. Let me go to my website, try to figure it out. I'm like, what the heck was that? Because I've now at this point I've done like so many for AP and for Krang. And I just did one for Rock Sound Rock Sound recently. Where let's see. I've got a search. Oh, the first actually the first cover wasn't actually a full magazine. It was a mini mag that they did for a day to remember as well. So they did like one of those 10 or 12 page mini magazines that had like a bunch of cool like merchandise with it and posters and things like that Mm -hmm. and that's they called me about that and i was just like this is crazy so basically i spent the day with the guys up in ocala uh at their studio doing a a bunch of different shots um and i'm i can't find it on my website but that was definitely the first one that was like a small cover the first actual cover yeah it was the the shot of um Spencer Chamberlain of Sleepwave, Tyler from Issues, and Chris Caraba in Twin Forks. And so there were two separate covers, and I did that one, and someone else, I think Jonathan Weiner did the other side of it, but I'm not, yeah, Jonathan Weiner did the uh, did the other side, the other, the second cover that had come out. And then we, like, composited the inside spread together, which was crazy. Wow. It was, like, both, both of us editing and working on it. It was, it was really cool. Man, that's so sick. I, like, how? What was it like to work with these bands that you, I'm sure, listened to and, and maybe looked up to? Because you're also a musician as well. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I toured for years. And um, that shoot was actually really cool, like, in particular, because I'm obviously a huge fan of Dashboard. Um, but Chris and I actually know each other from South Florida. So we've we've gone back through the years. So he, he ended up actually, like, calling me the night before the shoot. And he was like, Hey, I'm getting to Orlando a little bit early. You want to hang out? And like, we ended up hanging uh, before the shoot. I drove drove him to the shoot that that next day. So it was like a really cool kind of like, dude, this is I'm, I'm like I'm like one of your biggest fans, and we're just like chilling like it's nobody's business, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, like I mean, anytime that I work with with like some of the artists that I have, it, it it's all really. I mean, it, it changes throughout the years because you get more comfortable being in situations that might be like nerve wracking or awkward to you. Like at first when I shot the Foo Fighters, I walked in the building and I was like trembling because I was like, holy crap, like this is one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um, And like, it was one of the biggest shoots I've ever had. Uh, And I had to do it all in like 20 minutes, basically like three different setups. But throughout the shoot, we kind of just like, I joked around with the guys and like, we kind of built up this really quick rapport that, that worked out really well. And by the end of it, um, Dave Grohl actually like, I said to him, I was like, dude, being that I'm a musician, I was like, dude, is the Neve board here, which is the mixing board that they that he bought that so many different bands have recorded on from Fleetwood Mac to Nirvana to the Beatles have done songs on it. Um, and he like his eyes light up. He looks at me. He's like, you're a musician, too. I'm like, yep. He's like, come with me now. And he brings me into the freaking control room of their studio in uh, in Northridge, like, it's, you know, right by you. Um, and then shows me this 
board and he's like, you want to touch it? You want to move one of the faders? And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yep, I, I don't have anything on tape. You can flip it up and down if you want. I'm like, holy crap. So I move it up and down one of the faders, one of the volume faders. And he's like, how did that feel? I'm like, I literally feel like I just touched music history. Like, this is insane. I mean, I did. Like, it's it's crazy. And he was he was awesome. Like, he gave me a big, big hug afterwards and was like, all right, man. Um, he was He's just like, he's the sweetheart of rock and roll. He's the nicest freaking dude ever. Um, and he cares so much about the music he puts out there. So, so. That was that was a super cool experience. That was super nerve wracking at the beginning, but really awesome at the end. <laughs> and how long did it take for freelancing as a photographer to start paying your bills? Was it a short thing? Did it take a while? And did you have any si- uh, real jobs, quote unquote, uh, as well to supplement your income? Um, at the beginning, like when I first started, I was working um, with actually the uh, my best friend in the whole world alex checkman i was actually working with him i'm working with him now he is one of the co-founders of foxtail um but i was working with him back then um with akt enterprises which is a merchandising company and i was the director of merchandising at that that point um and then i found photography i basically did it for about i think it was like six to eight months when i was like building it um and then i realized you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this like i I was so passionate about it i was so driven that i was like i don't want to sit you know on the phone in an office all day long anymore like i don't want to be running presses like i want to get out and take photos and do my thing so i ended up like literally like eight months in um just kind of quitting my job and and jumping into it head first and it was super scary at first um I think the the biggest thing that really helped me was the fact that at that time I was like doing weddings um, and doing other events, which, you know, supplementing that income uh, photography wise is a lot easier than it is in the music business. Um, Because in the music business, it's all about, you know, right place, right time, who you know, who knows you kind of thing, you know. Um, So I was able to start, you know, making a living and paying my bills pretty quickly just because i was like I, I threw myself into it and i was i gave myself no other option i was like i'm not gonna get a job at a fast food place i'm not gonna like do delivery driving or anything like that like i'm just gonna do my thing and push forward and kind of you know work my butt off and hope that something happens from it and it ended up working out that's awesome so have you ever had any internships anywhere uh uh, 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 I never, I personally never really did any internships per se. Um, at the beginning of doing photos, um, Gage Young, who is a great photographer, uh, works at a creative agency these days, but, um, he was actually doing a cover shoot for AP for Data Remember, like a year, well, not, not a year. Well, yeah, probably about a year before I got the, the mini mag one. Um, and I, you know, he like hit me up to, and asked me and this other guy, Joe Perry, who's actually an awesome photographer, still rocking it to this day. Um, he asked both of us to kind of like assist him on the shoot. So that was really, you know, that I guess that would be the closest thing to mm-hmm. any kind of internship because we were basically like holding lights and, you know, moving stuff around, helping, helping anything that Gage needed. So it was a great like learning experience to be like on a job, seeing how stuff goes and kind of doing it like while it's happening, you know? Yeah, definitely. So who are some of your influences when it comes to photography? See, that's a hard one. Um, because I kind of like made a weird pact with myself, uh, when I first started, I, so I, like I, like we've said, I, I was a musician for years before and, uh, you know, I'm still play here and there, but 
I put out some albums and I, and I toured and whatnot. And when I, when I wrote, I always like kind of took bits and pieces of my favorite artists and like pieced them together and kind of like took in inspiration from a little too far, maybe let's say. Um, so like, I never really feel like I found when I was doing my music, I never really feel like I found my like signature sound, you know? So, uh, when I started doing photography, I was like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Like I, for this, I need to like totally be myself and, you know, kind of like, I, I allowed myself to like look at magazines and see other work like at those out there, but I didn't really want to like look at one particular photographer and be like, I want to emulate this or I want to like, you know, figure this out. Um, because I really wanted, like, I wanted my, my lighting and, and the way that I shot to be all me, you know? Um, and I think that through the years I've changed, you know, I've changed lighting techniques here and there. I've done different things. Um, I've experimented with many different things, but I think the biggest, like my biggest thing is that I'm more interested in like the moment, you know, like capturing, capturing some kind of moment that, that you could feel emotion in, or you can feel something in is like, it's much more important than the technicality of the photo. Uh, even, even more important that if the photo is like perfectly tax sharp or anything it's like if if you can convey some sort of like some sort of emotion or some sort of feeling through the visual that you're creating then that's like one of the most important things you know absolutely yeah it's all about capturing that emotion and that that rawness that realness and I wanted to now ask you about foxtail how did that come into play um where did your love of coffee start I've always drank coffee. Uh, you know, it was always usually like Starbucks and whatnot, when it, wherever I could like get a quick cup of it. Uh, if I'm like on the run or going to a job or something like that. But this, this really, this whole thing really started for me um, more. It was more like, you know, a love of my, of my best friend and, you know, the work that he was doing, seeing what he was providing to the community here in Orlando. Um, because now they're, they basically started with one shop and, um, and then he has kept expanding, um, and now we have 13 stores here in Orlando that are open, that are you know providing jobs to to people here in Orlando locally. Um, <clears throat> and it's like it's a really really cool thing, and it's a cool community that that they've built. So I mean, I came in, I moved back to Florida uh, around two and a half years ago, and I had every intention of like starting kind of a marketing firm um, here in Orlando, taking like all the knowledge that I've learned that I've learned, you know, out in LA and putting that towards kind of trying to push, push the envelope a little bit for, you know, brands and businesses and companies here in Florida. Um, and within that time that I was kind of setting that up, it kind of like everything kind of like switched and segued. And Alice was like, he hit me up. He's like, Hey, like we're opening the store. We need some help with this aspect and that aspect. Can you, can you assist just for like a few weeks? Um, and I was able to, and we got it open and everything was good. And then, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then, uh, basically one day his like main product manager left and Alice calls me. He's like, dude, this guy left, blah, blah, blah. I like, I need somebody who knows me, who knows what I like, uh, who I can trust. And you know, who basically can make decisions on my behalf and, and knows what I would, what I would do in situations. And I'm like, well, you've been my friend for, you know, 23 something years, like my best bud for so long. And I, I definitely know you. So it was crazy though, because I had no previous knowledge of anything dealing with construction like <laughs> at all. So 
So I basically was thrown into it, and he looks at me. He's like, "Don't worry, man. You'll figure it all out." And I'm like, "What? Figure it? Like, dude, this is like so different than anything I've done." Because uh, you know, I've like I've worked restaurant jobs and I've worked server jobs and things like that, but it was never you know behind the scenes and building and all that. Um, so yeah, uh, a few months in, I like realized that I had a this huge collection of tools and know how everything works and know like what to do with it. And it's like, what is going on? So, and now it's like, I build different things for my house and, uh, I've, I've become like a handyman, Mr. Fix it kind of guy. And it's the weirdest thing ever, but it's awesome. It's like this, I, you know, at 35 years old, I've learned a totally new skill that's going to be with me for the rest of my life, you know? Man, and it's, I think, I think it's cool. That's amazing. No, that's so cool. I love like that you've you've learned this new trade and you can do so many more things with it. And I'm sure that you're going to build some absolutely incredible things. And so what what are you doing now? What are you working on now? What are you your plans for the, the coming months, the coming years? Um, so for Fox, we've got a bunch of stores on, in the pipeline um, that we're currently, you know, either in the process of building or going through permitting to start building um, with photography. I'm still I'm still doing, you know, whatever uh, I basically projects that, that come to me or pr- products that I want to be involved in. Um, I, I'm definitely doing it as much as I can. Like we just, I just got done photographing Playlist Live, uh, which is, you know, it was a 10 year anniversary of Playlist Live and I've shot it nine of those 10 years, which is really cool that I've been a part of that family for so long. Um, and also, oddly enough, this year, that knowledge of building really helped out uh, because uh, myself and my fiance were able to build out these huge photo walls that went into the green room that all the creators were loving, you know, taking photos on. So I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. So thank you, Bex. You rock my world. Um, but yeah, we, we were able to use that, uh, that knowledge and then mix the photography into it, you know? So that was, that was awesome. Um, I, I recently have done a few photo shoots that I can't quite talk about yet because we're waiting on edits to be called out for. And I'm sure you understand how that works. Like can't really, can't really say who it is or what it is until it comes out, you know, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, um, that'll be stuff that's being announced soon, but it's really cool. Like, like real cool. 90s, awesome, cool stuff. But yeah. Um, and then Krang has actually been hitting me back up a little bit recently. So I've got a few things on the books for them as well coming up. My last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Hmm, there's a lot of things. Okay. Man, there's a lot of things. Um never work for free because when you do that it it basically sets a precedent that unless it's for your friends. Like if it's for your friends and family, you can do it at the beginning when you're figuring stuff out, but for an actual company, you know, if an actual company hits you up and it's like Hey, we'll give you this like T-shirt for a photo shoot. Like, no, don't do it. Ask for money, or ask for something, some kind of product in return. Um, make sure that you're giving yourself value to your work because everyone's work is worth something. Um, you might think that you're a new photographer out there and your work's not as good as you want it to be, but trust me, your work is worth something. So never devalue yourself and never let people take advantage of you. Um, a good thing that I think that every photographer and artists out there in general should be aware of um, that I didn't know at the beginning is copyright law. Like if you can, if you can educate yourself into copyright law and knowing um, the different ins and outs of certain things, like to know because 
Um, some of us out there have had times when images have been, you know, used without our permission um, for merchandise or other things, and you're able to go after those people and get paid for it if that happens. Because as long as you didn't sign anything away that says that they have the right to use it, um, then you own the photo, you own the image. You obviously can't make, you know, merchandise of your favorite band that you took photos for because that's commercial usage on on that end. But uh, you could definitely sell the images to your favorite band so they can make merchandise. Um, what else? There's so many things. Always charge your batteries. You never know when they're going to die. <laughs> always have extra batteries. Oh, always have double backups of your work. So if you have your stuff on hard, a hard drive and you think it's good, it's not. Put it on a second hard drive just in case because these things break. It's technology. I've lost weddings. It's not fun. <laughs> always have multiple backups of your work, whether it's online like Black Blaze or something like that. This is not a paid sponsorship whatsoever um, or Google Drive or whatever, whatever you can put your stuff on to keep it backed up, have multiple backups. Um, What else, Kay? Man, that was a lot right there. No, that's awesome. Like, that was a great answer. You know, the, all those things are super helpful. Um, can you talk a little bit about social media, um, like how that comes into play with your photography and how it's benefited you or how it's uh, maybe distracted you from the real world? Um, both of those things, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I never was really great at utilizing social media the right way. Um, I kind of got it like this huge social media pop on my account when I was on tour with sleeping with sirens. Um, because basically those guys were always awesome. And every time they would post a photo, they would, you know, put my tag in the description in the, in the caption. So, you know, their fans could click on it and then follow me. Um, and they literally did it every time they posted a photo, each member and each member had hundreds of thousands, if not a million plus followers. So, <clears throat> so my, uh, my following on Instagram kind of like jumped rather quickly to like, right around 50, 55 K. And when that happened, like really cool stuff started coming my way. Um, but then once I stopped touring with sleeping with sirens, then it's, I just had this massive amount of sleeping with sirens fans. So then I would post like, you know, a Foo Fighters photo and people would be like, cool, 150 people liked it. And it's like, my account looks like I paid for a bunch of followers. Wow. Uh, even though that wasn't, wasn't the case at all, you know? So, so I don't really know. I, I still I still haven't mastered it. Uh, now, um, now that I'm you know engaged in uh, living a, a more normal life, you would say I'm posting more you know just personal stuff and stuff that is more just cool things we're doing whatnot. But I'm still like you know throwing in uh, photos and videos and stuff like that of, of shoots and things like that. But um, um, so I think now like. The people who have stuck around and haven't unfollowed, like, are getting it's we're we're bringing it back up, but but yeah, social media can be really distracting. Um, a lot of people care too much about what they post, how much they post, um, and they get too into like how how am I going to either monetize this or ensure that I keep my follower followers. And now at 36, I'm just like, eh, screw it. Like, I'll post whatever I want. If people like it, they like it, and if they don't, they don't. And I can't like let myself worry about it too much these days because I've got more important things to worry about like my family that I'm going to be starting. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if that helps at all, but (laughs) no. Yeah. 
uh, I just wanted to hear your your insight about social media in general. Um, so thank you for sharing that. If people want to find you, get in touch with you, or pick your brain some more, how can they do that? Where can they find you online? Um, so you guys can go to my website at grizzlymartin.com. That's G-R-I-Z-Z-L-E-E, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N.com. Um, also, my Instagram is at Grizzly Martin. My Twitter is at Grizzly Martin. And what else? Uh, I've been TikToking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out, and it's really difficult to figure out because I don't get it because I'm, I'm too old now, but I can't say that. I'm not. There's like 60-year-olds on there that are going viral. So, um, so yeah, TikTok is Grizzly Martin, too. If you want to TikTok with me. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on to Project Freelance and sharing your insight with everybody. No problem. Thank you, Kay. And thank you also for all the amazing behind the scenes videos that you have done for some of my shoots through the years. Um, I just wanted to throw this in that I've been posting a few of them and that I love your work so much. So thank you so much for being there for me and doing that and uh, being an awesome friend. You're the best. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate that a ton. I've loved working with you. And hey, if you ever need anything from me, hit me up. I would love to do more stuff with you. And uh, I'm now a certified drone pilot, so I will not crash my drone into the band. (laughs) Holy crap. I love this guy. Thank you, Grizzly, for coming on the podcast. I had a blast talking to you and hearing your story. I felt like I was a little awkward in this episode. I don't know why, but uh, thank you guys for listening to it anyway. I appreciate it. Grizzly, thanks for putting up with my awkwardness in this episode. Um, I really, really appreciate it. If you guys did enjoy this episode, hit that subscribe button. Come back next week for another episode of Project Freelance. And if you really enjoyed it, leave some feedback for me and I'll send you a signed photo print. All you have to do is leave feedback on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify and send me a screenshot of your feedback through Instagram at Project Freelance. You can just send me a DM and I will see it there. And then I will send you a signed photo print to your house, to your office, to your school, wherever it is you want me to send it, I will send it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Project Freelance. My name is Kay Anagonio, and I am your host here. Come back next week for more, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, every single Monday. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, and go create something.